Well, I've got an exciting podcast here today. We're with Michael Rubin out of Austin, Texas. We're going to get started on that um, here in a second. And at the end, I'm going to play you some of his exciting music so you can hear all that he does. And it it's a lot. Also, I want to remind you to go to our website, www ngrmusic.com, where you can find blogs and all kinds of links and information about harmonica. And um, I have some blog posts there that I've written over the years with players. So interesting stuff. Gets a, it gets a lot of visits. And I also want to tell you to go over and check out Lone Wolf Blues Company, um, the, the best manufacturers of pedals for any sound you need. Pedal boards you can build. Demonstrations on their website. Jason Ritchie's uh, microphone, as well as their special amplifier design just for harmonica. Everything they do is with the harmonicist in mind. So check that out online or on Facebook. Um, Edra and Julio are also on Facebook, as well as Michael Rubin. And um, check out his website as well. I'm going to have links to all of this here um, here in the column underneath the, the podcast. So let's get started now. Okay, well, here I am with the podcast with Michael Rubin. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you? Oh, you bet. I, I'm doing great. You know, busy, busy. This is a long summer day, and I need all the uh, hours I can get in it to finish everything going on. Life is good. How about you? What is happening in your world there in Austin, Texas? Well, uh, just... just you know, I don't know if you know about Austin. The the allergy uh, counts are really, really high, and and I act, if my voice sounds a little funny, that's what's going on. I got hit really hard just a second ago. Um, but yeah, things are good. You know, I live uh, I live down south in Austin. If anybody knows the, uh, you know, south is where the artists live. You know, and then uh, I'm I'm married for I don't know 15 years somewhere around there, and I've got two little girls. Yeah, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and uh, so it's it's pretty much all about them. But I do try and sneak in a little harmonica. Uh, you know, I teach harmonica in the daytime, and then I'm in three bands and do various little other things where I get hired to do to do harp. So uh, you know, that's that's the long and the short of it. But uh, you know, oh, that's awesome! And um, happy Father's Day that just passed. Uh... The little girls are adorable. I'm I'm teaching a camp coming up, and it's mostly little girls, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. Uh, my son's grown and almost 40, so no grandkids, so I get to um, be around the little kids there. And and they're just so full of energy and life, and they're like little sponges, so they they need you there. That's good. I That would be my number one priority as well. I commend you for that. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did look around your website, and my goodness sakes, you have got quite a career. And, you know, the first time I met you um, was in Sacramento, and I remember it was brief, you know, not like since at Spa, where we've had more time to to hang out and see what's up. But uh, I had asked you if you'd ever been to Woodstock, and I found your answer um, brilliant. (laughs) So you told me, yes, I was there, but um, my mom was still carrying me at the time. So right. I about, was in the womb. You were, you, yeah, and you were about six months along or so. Supposedly, uh, 
they actually, uh, at the same hotel that they were at before they made it in there, the Who was staying there, and they met the Who at breakfast. And, and uh, I want to say Paul Butterfield, you know, was there too, and he rubbed her belly, but it didn't happen. Well, you know what? He could have just done that with his mind, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just watched, um, went and saw Horn with a Heart, and... Oh, I wish it would come to town. Oh, it's killing me. Oh, it's it's great. It's It's Never sad. It's sad, you know, because it's wonderful, and there's so many clips and stuff that you'd find um, very interesting. And I see you have a picture of him there by little he's Walter really behind good. you. He's my favorite harp player. Um, you know, obviously he's not a, a technical wizard, you know, but uh, I just feel like I, I think different people resonate to different players, and I don't know what's going on if there's something about our souls that are similar I don't know what, but I feel like when Paul plays, I can really feel some as who he is. You know, I, I I feel him more than I do most other players. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. found that true myself with him. He's it's amazing. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, you know, like I was talking about this with a student the other day. You know, there's there's all kinds of things that matter. You know, you got your tone and your timing and your your understanding of harmony and all these kind of things, dynamics, all these kind of things matter. But, you know, I think every one of us has been stepped on. Every one of us has been disrespected and, you know, has pain in their life on one level or another. And, you know, what I'm really looking for, and I, I you know, I'm not saying that I put it out there all the time because I'm not always in this mood, but what I'm really looking for is somebody who's communicating some deep things about their life through their instrument. And that's, those are the guys who really touch me the most. I have to completely agree with you on that. It's, it's an energy level and, and you're right. Some people you're going to resonate with and some you're not. And some players um, touch you deeper than others, not saying anything about um, how good or bad they are. There's just something that, that gives you the goosebumps and that, yep that stops you in your tracks. And, you know, I was fortunate here, I, I think, because I, Norton Buffalo was here a lot and a friend yeah. and, and a player that I just, I saw him play all these different incarnations throughout his career and the things that he did and the shifts that he did and the changes. And I always, I always loved each avenue of that with him because he was constantly growing, you know, he wasn't stagnant. Funny thing about Norton, um, I went to Sonoma State, so I got to see Norton all the time. And uh, and then later we taught together. That was awesome at the Kerbal Folk Festival. Um, but, uh, you know, Norton would go on the road with Steve Miller. Yeah. But his band still wanted to play music. And so sometimes they would have me to be the harp player. So I was the backup harp player for the backup band for the backup harp player for Steve Miller. <laughs> That's that fantastic. <laughs> That's wonderful. I, I like knowing that. Uh, that's a little nugget right there. You yeah. Know, uh, he was always nice to me. I was, you know, I was 17 years old when I first went to college. And, you know, for four years, every time I saw him, you know, which was a few times a year, he would always pay attention and be nice. And he's a good guy. He's a good guy. But, you know, I, that was that was for us, too, here, having him being a, a local and then you know, he ended up there with Roy Rogers, which, you know, Julio just loves and studies and 
yeah. listens to. So, and he's so tremendous live. He's another one that completely emotes and gets the whole audience into what he's doing. You just can't stop he's, but he's stare at him. Player. It's yeah. it's really he's one of those he's one of those guys that I mean both him and Norton together that would blow your mind. When yes, you, when you would see them, you just you couldn't imagine somebody would be you know so amazing over and over and over again. Every night, every time, and you know I, it, the thing about um, health, I you know a lot of people they um, get so involved in their work and they love it so much and they don't even know they're sick. I mean, I don't believe Norton, you know, had a clue else he'd have got in there sooner, you know, I mean. I wonder, I had a student who, um, when I, he passed away about three months after we taught together at Kerbal. And I had a student who had lunch with him privately. And he tells me that Norton, like over and over again, was saying stuff like, you have to live every day like it's your last, live to the fullest, all this. You know, he just must have said a platitude like every other sentence. And so my my sense is at least at the near the end, he knew what was going on. He might not have been talking about it, but he knew. But he didn't belie it at the, at the classes. We were together for five hours a day for three days. And he was nice as can be and happy. And it's like that song, It's a Long Hard Road I've Been Traveling On. I'm sure going to get there. It won't be long. And it was one of the last videos that uh, was recorded with them playing, and it touches me every time I hear it. You know, it's so beautiful, and it is. He was right about that. And yes, people uh, sometimes they may not know uh, physically, and hopefully he didn't, and that he was just fine. And then it, you know, that's what you hope for everybody, especially somebody that's given their life to to doing what he did. And bringing all the love and joy to people out there, it wasn't just all about him. You know, he was he was always, like I said, growing as an artist and giving, which is what you you hope for um, in all that you do. You know, everything you do, that's kind of what your your goal is. So back to um, you and things that you did. I another thing you said to me that day in two thousand nine was. Um, you, would, you were kind of coming and going like you do at Spock because you were very, very busy and active and doing so much all the time there. Thank you. That's a tremendous service. And um, you had said to me, well, I'm, I'm going to bop in over there and listen to David Barrett because, you know, I really like seeing how everybody teaches. I like it because I think you can learn. Yeah. 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 He is a very strong teacher. And, you know, I mean, to me, okay, I really like my harmonica. You know, I'm one of my favorite harmonica players because, you know, I'm the guy who's doing the stuff that I think about. <laughs> right. Right. But there's a lot of great harmonica players. And in my opinion, there's really just a handful of great teams. And uh, and Dave is one of them. And uh, I so I pay a lot of attention. And I've actually, you know, I'm a member of bluesharmonica.com. And, and he's got that little levels of achievement thing where you... You know, you have to make recordings of yourself and, and you know, show him and he critiques you. And I've done that a few times. Uh, he probably critiqued me once and that was it. I was, I was done. I couldn't handle the critique. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, but, but in any case, yeah, I've studied the way that Dave teaches because uh, he's very methodical. And I think, uh, 
I would certainly put him as one of the strongest teachers, if not the strong, strongest teacher out there. I know? agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. He's, he's very dedicated and um, has a great depth of understanding of it all. And, you know, uh, kudos. Yes, definitely. A along with a few others. And, uh, and everybody's you know, teaching style is a little different. I could name some names, you know, but yeah, uh, it's okay. we don't have to name drop, but you know, we 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 know who they are and they know who they are. Um, and another thing about that, I always um, I always tell people that'll ask me those kind of questions. I don't consider myself a harmonica teacher per se. I teach performance and songwriting and music in the classes that we do, and it includes harmonica. And I, you know, from the stage and from the sidelines, people ask me questions, and I always try to give them information or send them in the direction that they can find it. But it's another thing that I tell them, find the teacher that resonates with you, that you can relate to and ask, feel comfortable with, because you you need to dig in for a long time, maybe your whole life training, you know, and that's kind of like the performances. You'll meet people that really go, wow. And then the same with a teacher, I think. Yeah, I think, uh, and I, you know, I tell my students, you know, you, you don't have to agree with everything I say. Uh, if somebody else says something that resonates with you, that's fine. And I say, if you want to take from me and somebody else at the same time, that's fine. You want to take, you want to take from me a little bit, go on to somebody else. You know, I'm, I'm just one, one person's opinion, but I, I do, uh, I do try and give my students, um, you know, a wide variety to think about, you know, that it's, there's techniques and there's improvisation and there's how to choose good sounding notes. But I also try and go into the history of the harmonica and I try and, I try and help people develop a philosophy about what they think good music is and what they don't like about music. I, I definitely think that your philosophies about music have more to do with how you sound than how much you're practicing. That, that what you believe is good music is like kind of the light at the end of the tunnel that's stringing you, stringing you in a direction. And, um, you know, I mean, let's say I have 50 students right now. They all sound completely different. You know, they're all, I'm trying to teach them the same stuff, <laughs> but, but they all sound different. And I think that, I think that philosophy is really that that's an element of music that that people don't think about enough in, in terms, you know, I think we all think about it, but we don't we don't say it out loud. You know, we don't say this is an important thing to discuss. And I think I think it's I think it's very valuable. Oh, I I, I think you're right. I, you know, um, and we're affected by music every day and all of the time between commercials, jingles, uh, stuff we listen to, things that we hear because someone else is listening our whole lives. You know, and when I when you listen to Dances with Wolves and you realize um, the music in there, oh, that's harmonica. Are you right. things that you didn't ever think about? And for me, um, spa was the big door opener for um, how expansive and wide wide range the instrument is. And I hadn't even considered as growing up or even when I was just jamming around with bands or hanging out and a kid not even thinking about it. And yet 
there it was. Like you said, it's just there in your head, and that's going to affect how you sound. That that's that's really really true. That's good insightful um, information there. I also read in your um, website, which is everyone should go check out because it's just um, a huge. There's so much, but you had you had also stated how the actual playing with all these different people and how that helps form you as well. You know, that the actual hands-on experience, I mean, you can take a lesson all day long and then freeze on stage or not apply it properly without going out there and and seeing how that works. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing, uh, a lot of people, you know, the, the question will ask me over the phone, you know, before they take the first lesson is how long will it take me to, to be good, you know, which I, I think it's such a funny question because, of course, it's, it's so personal depending on the person. But, um, you know, to me, I, I don't want to put my goals on a student and I don't want them to feel like they have to play music with anybody else to be a good musician. You know, if they want to, if they want to only play for purely their own enjoyment, and the only other person they experience music with is me, that's fine. But I will admit to having a private little goal that I, you know, I wish everybody that I work with would get a chance to play music with somebody else because I think it's a very special thing. And so one thing I, I, I really realized is that if you picked up a harmonica for the very first time, and there was somebody else who had an instrument and they said, you want to jam? And you did. That wall is broken through. You have started playing music with other people. And I think a lot of people are searching for permission or an achievement level where somebody, some, a teacher says, you, you've got it. You're, you're no longer a beginner. Now you're intermediate or whatever it is. And now you are allowed to play music with other people. And I, I think that it, it really shouldn't be that way. I think that the only thing that is keeping you from playing music with somebody else is the courage to do it. And so what I highly recommend to beginning players or anybody who hasn't hasn't played with somebody else is to keep your harmonicas with you, at least one in your pocket, so that if you go to the party and there's the guy with the guitar, you can try and play a song with him. And it may not work out well, but it may work out great. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I want you... For everybody listening, I want you to get <laughs> permission to start playing with other people because you're good enough right now. That you know that is that is that is very true, and you're right. It is fear. I I have a group where I teach painting, and we um, I demonstrate and teach. And one of my students said, "I went home, and it was like you gave me permission. I broke through the fear, and I painted. And look, and her painting was." 
I showcased it recently in a show. It was as high a level quality as you could get in a painting. And it was just fear of trying something new and doing it. And it, it, stu it struck me as I had to give her permission. It was there all the time. She just had this fear. Yeah, it, it's interesting listening to you because it really, you know, I could paint today. Why, you know, so, you know, I, I guess, I think in general, we kind of find our niche in life that I'm a harmonica player. This is my identity, right? Right. But the reality is I could be a painter today or anything, you know, with, within reason. I mean, I'm not going to be a neuroscientist today. You know, I may, I may go to school, but, you know, it, you can, you can change the scope of your identity at any moment. That's cool. It's interesting. Yeah, a lot of harmonica players um, and a lot of uh, good and bad harmonica players, <laughs> which I'm just kidding here. Bob Dylan is a great painter, and Lee Oscar is a fabulous painter. I didn't and, know. Cool. Uh, you know, uh, you find these things or out. Was yeah. a really good or was a really good painter. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, I think art is art, and um, some of the players like... Um, play uh, several instruments and paint and yet maybe they're right they're known for their their harmonica and I in and in some worlds in some worlds they're known as the painter but yeah. like you said yeah it, it takes a lot of uh, dedication to do any of it I'm not saying you could go pick up a harp tomorrow and be the and be good without practice and talking and studying and understanding or painting either um, but you have you can still play Yes, you can play and you can give yourself permission to do more. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and it is fear a lot of times that keeps us from all kinds of things in our destiny and stepping, just stepping out into, like you said, and trying it. And, you know, we do an open mic, it's tonight, and uh, I've been always encouraging harmonica players to come and different players, and we give them that opportunity to get up there and do their songs in front of an audience. And they love it. Once they break through, I've had first people that it's their first time on stage and they'll go, I love it. And then they practice and come back the next month because we do it once a month. And they've got three new songs and it gave them, they, they tried. Once they found out they could, they kept trying. Yeah. Yeah. I used to run an open mic for around four years. I did Liver Tuesday. Fun. Uh, yeah. They're a lot of work. Yes. They are, and uh, for us, it's we just schedule it in. It's part of my um, center that I art music director for, so it's it's part of what we do there. And we're in a little teeny teeny town, so we've been quite surprised at the turnout every single time. So I'm excited now. I know that I know you have things going on, and I know one of them is um, spa. You're going to be there in Tulsa yeah. with your variety show. Uh, August. 13th I think it's the it's the Tuesday around that date it's yeah a five day thing and um one thing I really like about spa is I don't I don't know if you you know that some of the uh larger harmonica conventions in the world are competition based so just like fiddle competitions they will literally say you know all right we have 20 com competitors in the blues competition and we're gonna rank you yeah. Right, and, and this just blows my mind. I, I just don't see music as competition, as as 
as competition. I, I don't see it. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with competition if you enjoy it and it helps you work harder and you like working harder, you know, but, you know, I, I really don't think that's what music is about. Mm -mm. You know? So spa is really more fraternal, you know, it's more about uh, hanging out with friends and learning and jamming. And of course there are toys. It's hard to get away from spa without buying a few harmonicas. And a um, harmonica necklace and some art if you need it too. <laughs> yes, yes. Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's just a little, um, it, I don't think you can go to the guitar festival, walk into the breakfast and see Charlie Musselwhite and, and say, do you mind if I sit down and get a free, you know, a, a, a free hour with Charlie Musselwhite? You know, it's not going to happen with Eric Clapton at the guitar festival. Um, you're, you're right. Uh, it so, is. It's a family, and it, it should be on every harmonica player's bucket list. And I and I talk about it a lot in all the podcasts and with the people I interview because it's life changing, and you just might as well figure once you're in the family, you can't miss the family reunion. Uh, I wasn't going to go this year, but uh, Phil Duncan and I had a talk, and Nedra's on her way. So. Yeah. Um, and I, like you go into the, the little blue room in the morning or whatever you call it, the green room, the little breakfast nook room. And, um, I, I just remember walking in and there's, um, Mike Caldwell and I got my big Mike Caldwell hug and you sit yep. down and talk to him. And, and yep. like you said, it, it could be anyone. And then there's always, um, new things. There's always more to learn. There's, and it's not a competition. Competitions are we we do some of them and Julio's judge some of them and boy those get your stomach upset and then if you lose you got to go you know it, no I I I am really glad they're not that I think you're right I I yeah. didn't yeah the, the older I get you know I hear a lot of people saying I'm not in competition with anybody I just want to be a better me every day right yeah and I feel like they're what they're missing is that now they're in competition with themselves and honestly, the older I get, the less interested I am in progressing as a person. And, um, you know, when I practice music, which I do generally for hours a day, you know, I'm not interested in getting better. You know, I just enjoy practicing. I enjoy learning. And, and that, that's, you know, I don't know. I, it's to me. And don't get me wrong. I have little I have plenty of little green monsters in my mind, you know you know, about yeah. wanting to be better or all this kind of stuff. But I just think in general, you know, you know, I'm grateful for that. I get to have a house and I get to eat and, you know, and, and it's wonderful that I get to spend so much time with music. So it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is. You're living the, that's the title of um, our next CD is living my life now. And yeah. that's a simple concept. I wrote a song, um, I'm a Poor Boy. It was a song, and instead of naming it the title of that, the gist of it was, no matter what I do, no matter what I try, I'm still just living my life now. And that that had a good concept in my mind for how Julio and I feel that we're so lucky to be together and to do what we do and what we love and be here on the property with our family and our dogs and our plants that it doesn't get any better than that. I can't imagine it getting better than that. 
though yes i could we could practice more maybe i don't know <laughs> it could get better but at this point um i feel lucky that we're doing what we love and competition is always the thing out there because everyone base is based on that and it just drives me crazy the Everything on TV is the greatest, the best. This person, yeah. this competition, that. Uh, I said to yeah, Julio. We all do need, I mean. Yeah, you do need the, ink. yeah. We have to make a living. So at a certain point, I have to present myself as not only a good enough harmonica player to get work, but also a good enough teacher to get work. And, and there's definitely, there is certainly a competitive element Yes. Making a living. And that, you know, I don't know. I don't understand how you can get away from that. But I think. It's always going to be there. Yeah. I think, you know, when it, one thing I want to think, like sometimes, you know, like I talk a lot about how to choose good sounding notes. Right. Which is my uh, my sentence for theory. <laughs> nobody wants to hear about theory, but they do want to hear about how to good, choose good sounding notes. So, you know, sometimes I'll be listening to Jason Ricci or uh, Dennis Grunling who talk a lot about choosing good sounding notes. They really do. And I'm really happy about that because these are really famous harmonica players. And somebody who may not listen to me is going to listen to Jason. Definitely. And they're, yeah. they're going to take these ideas that I have. It's not like I invented these ideas. I'm just good at explaining them. And the same thing with, with Jason, you know. I mean, these are... We didn't come up with theory, you know, but, right. but he's presenting it and somebody else is taking these ideas that are important to me and applying them because they heard it from Jason. And so to me, it's kind of like I try and re really have a non-competitive thing there. You, you know, like, yes, I, I would I would love like we all have this fantasy of being the most important person in the world. <laughs> right. And it would be wonderful if they were getting that information from me. But the truth is they're getting that information. So to me, I kind of look at that situation and say, we're all on the same team. We all care about music. We all love music. We're trying to share music. Isn't it great that Jason found a way to do it? It's fabulous. And he won um, the IBC. He, he won the blues harmonica player. And then this year, Dennis did. Right. Yeah, and they're and they're youth, and they're out there um, bringing it to a whole new generation. Yeah. So you guys are saving the planet one note at a time, <laughs> and it is it is an important uh, thing to learn. And, and you know, to get the note correctly and hit it where it's not going to offend somebody's ears out there that because it's the wrong note. Um, one time Lee Oscar said, yeah, I like, um, if I'm, what do you do if you, if you hit a bad note? He goes, I go over it real fast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just get past it. So you're going to hit the wrong notes. And especially when you're learning, you're going to, you've got to keep plugging away. And it, competitions are good to, to tell you that you won and you're great. And they can also drive you to do better and keep trying to get there because everybody's out there trying the same thing, like you said. And, you know, it's like Rick Estrin, he, He's the coolest dude on the planet, man, and he's won a whole bunch of awards, but he's still totally down to earth at his shows and, and willing to sit there and talk to each and every person. Yeah, 
it's funny you said that about Rick because Rick was my mentor when I was in college. Like I would go see him around once every three months and he would be very nice and give me these free lessons. You know, he'd take me backstage and listen to me play and talk to me for 15 minutes. And this went on and on and on, you know? And um, so I have like tremendous gratitude for Rick. And, you know, as I've gotten older as a person, I'll go see the Nightcats play and, hey, Rick, good to see you. And he'll shake my hand and he'll say, oh, this guy, he came to see me when he was, he'll talk about me for, you know, and with me for about two minutes. And then he's on to his next fan, right? Yes. And it's a very interesting um, kind of uh, two universes. Like, to me, Rick was my mentor, right? Yeah. But Rick, I was another kid coming up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the... It, it's it's a very two very different worlds, but you know, I mean. Oh, I'm so sure he probably me. knows more about you than than you think because, uh, you know, there's a lot of times on the plane, and there's a lot of times when I I see him up online, and there's times he's too busy to interact with with everybody. But yeah. you know, and I you get on your website and look at all the stuff you've done. You've done some absolutely phenomenal stuff. I mean, the Civil War, you know, play the Tony. <laughs> You know, the groups you're playing with and all those young kids with all that energy there in Austin, it's so fun and so uplifting. And, you know, every picture and video you've got out there, you are bringing the energy and, and you're pushing the envelope and doing stuff. So, uh, you know, people know who you are and, uh, and your career's impressive, too. I mean, totally impressive. Thank you. You bet. You know, I I'm, I'm feel grateful that you're spending a little bit of time this afternoon talking to me and that... You're going to get me a CD so I can get some of the tunes out there for people to hear. And, you know, the, the reason I started a lot of the pot, well, I started the broadcast, started the podcast before the, the broadcast in town. And now I've joined the two together. So I only have to be in one place instead of a million. And it was largely to to get the harmonica out there in so the people understood all of that it does. I don't always think they know. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people who have a very limited perspective about what the harmonica is. And, um, I, you know, I, what I find is that when people hear me play, they get it right away that, you know, like what I love is going to my wife's, uh, high school reunion in uh, Lake Jackson, Texas, which is a little tiny town outside of Houston. And what do you do? I'm a harmonica player. Look, dogs get when they're confused, <laughs> their heads turn sideways, you know? And, you know, and that's okay. They don't have to understand what I do. Um, but I find that most of the time when people see me play, they get it. And, um, and, you know, that I think that's that's you know, this respect that harmonica players seem to be searching for all the time. Um, I think you know, the best way to get the respect is is to play well and handle yourself professionally. Yeah, I agree. And uh, and the respect will be there. Yes. You know? And um so so yeah, it's 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 okay with me. What I would like to see happen and uh, maybe uh, Jason is going to uh, get through, maybe Will Wilde. Um, you know, when John Popper hit the scene, 
the amount of people who became aware of harmonica and interested in harmonica really became a lot larger, right? Yeah. And we really haven't had anybody like that since who, who's really made it. I mean, Jason has, has gone really far in the blues community, but I don't think a lot of people know who he is outside of the blues community. I think you're is, right. Which is not to take away from Jason's um, accomplishments. Cause good Lord. Yeah. He's got a lot of accomplishments, but, um, but I'm looking for the next person to uh, have a hit song that features on harmonica. You know, when Paul Harrington did Timber, you know, with, I don't even know the name of that band, um, the, the famous pop band that did the song Timber, yeah. Paul Harrington was on the harmonica. That got people excited. And more of that, to have, have some, some pop star play harmonica well. I think that's, I, I would be very excited if that happened again. Me too. I, yeah, I had no, I, when I did broadcast, when I did a broadcast, I put Popper in there a lot and just to, to put it with the other players so everybody could hear what is, what can be accomplished and where it can go. And what was fun, I did one broadcast where I paralleled time 1929 with the different styles of what was out then. And I don't know, I guess I could do a broadcast of that. What's out now that, that ranges out in that, that would be kind of a, a good subject matter to think about too, you know, where it's at right now. And you're right. It popper was it. And then they had that one, one guy, and I can't remember his name. It eludes me right now that one American idol. He was, Oh yeah. 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 The he was well, country. It was, it was like Amer America's Got Talent. Talent, yeah. Young, the young guy, I, I know him, very fast player as well. God, I, oh, I can see his face. Okay. I know, and, no, I, me too. <laughs> and, and over the years, you know, John Lennon played harmonica. You know, Lee Oscar, Huey Lewis, Stevie Wonder. I mean, it's not like we haven't found our way into, into the pop world. And then smaller, smaller name players who were on hits like Jimmy Vol Jimmy Zavala with the, the Eurythmics. I mean, Missionary Men was a great harmonica part. Great. Yeah. You know, so throughout the years, there's always, you know, a hit that features harmonica, you know. But I'm talking about, you know, somebody like Lee Oscar, somebody like uh, John Popper, and even Paul Butterfield. Paul Butterfield was very famous in his day. Ah, oh, yes. I mean, very famous. Not, you know, Grateful Dead used to open for him, you know. Um, so somebody of that stature to come along and wake, wake the people up about harmonica. Um, yeah, that, that would be good. That would be awesome. And, and we're not going to, um, we're not going to limit that. I, you know, I mean, look, it, you, you look back and you think about the harmonicats, man, they hit, they hit the ground funny. running. Yeah. And I mean, still one of the best selling songs of all time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Right. And it, it was right. the B side. Yeah. Well, we just have to wait until the musicians union uh, stops recording everybody and kicks out the harmonica from the union, and then we've got our our shot again. Yeah. That's what happened. You understand? It it they weren't recording anybody at the time because the the musicians were on strike, or the recording of the musicians was on strike, 
And the harmonic gods were like, well, we don't play instruments that you see as legitimate. We're not in your union. We're going to record. And that's, that's, that was really their end. Oh, I didn't know that. I understand it. I may be wrong. No, no, that that makes sense. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's not a real instrument. You know, and maybe, you know, that's part of that story. It wasn't a real instrument, so we could do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the whole not a real instrument thing, first off, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm going to play now, and now I'm going to hand it to you, and you play. Okay, now you tell me it's not a real instrument. But, but um, I do think, I do think <laughs> that all instruments are essentially toys that every instrument we're, we're, we're playing, we're having fun. We're making sounds. I take the harmonica very seriously, but this is because I'm obsessed. (laughs) Yes, I do know. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I mean, if you, if you're not obsessed, then you're probably going to play with it for a little bit. You're going to take a couple lessons then you're going to put it in the drawer and you're going to forget about it. Yeah, I think obsession, when people talk about aptitudes, I think obsession is the number one aptitude to learning to learning harmonica. It's the main thing you got to have. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Well, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to um, seeing, seeing you at Spa coming up. We're going to hit the road running there, too, to get there. And um, we're really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to the CD that you're going you're gonna to get off in the mail to me Thank to... To I'm put with this. More than one, just to give you some options. Um, hey, oh, good. Thing. Let me let me slip in a plug here. Okay, Nedra. You bet. That's why we're here. <laughs> so so yeah, uh, you talked about my website. So it's michaelrubenharmonica.com. It's R U B I N, and uh, and I do give Skype lessons, and I'd love to work with you. All right, that's it. I and I think that uh, if you're harmonica obsessed, that's what you should do. Uh, check it out and. Um, and, and learn. And remember, harmonica is your friend, and it, it's a fun thing to do. Okay, Michael, thank you so much for talking to me today. We'll see you later. Thank you, Deborah. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that was fun. And since then, Michael has sent me a couple of CDs. And um, so I'm going to play for you some music here to end the podcast. We're going to go out on a happy note. And um, the first CD he sent me is Call of My Harp. Live in studio cuts with Austin harmonica player Michael Rubin and the McMercy Family Band live at church. So um, these are um, live cuts. They're right there live out of Austin, Texas. So how cool is that? Let's get into them and then I'll tell you what they are after we we um, enjoy them. So enjoy the music. Thanks. <laughs> Mama, you know better. 
you know it's not true when nobody knows me any better than you And you can looking at me like I'm some kind of stranger Well, even if we don't see eye to eye There ain't no reason to fake, falsify, or lie For the fear of your reputation being in danger Well, the verdict is in, the sentence is set And your lawyer's puffing on a cigarette As if they never knew they were gonna find me guilty Well, I bite my tongue and I do the time Well, I thought that Jesus turned water into wine Well, maybe it was okay back then No one was driving Park your car Pay the fines Cause they're bound to get your money The same way they got mine Hey, can you do this one? Rejected, refuted, or rearranged I'm sorry, my son, your record's written in stone You can try to hide it and tuck it all away And they'll never know what you never say It's just the price you pay for being up there all along And the people keep talking, but they can't say too much Cause everybody's leaning on their own little crutch And everybody's got their own little burden to bear And in the meanwhile, you just Try to stay in tune and try to stay in style and make them think that you're still listening and that you still care. Park your car, pay the fines, cause they're bound to get your money the same way they got Show money the same. 
fun is that? That's some toe tapping. That's some good variety there. The first two songs that I played are from Call of My Harp, live and studio cuts with Austin harmonica player Michael Rubin. Um, And that was 
Let me see. I think I played DUI Blues with um, Francisco Jones. My, my eyesight, I tell you. And Siciliano, the Hill Country String. And then I played from the Live at Church. And it felt like I was right there in church clapping my hands and, and uh, tapping my toes and singing t- uh, along to Glorious Day. Well, they crucified my Lord For he never said a mumbling word Well, they crucified my Lord But he never said a mumbling word My Lord, boy, he never said a mumbling word, not a 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 word. He hung him on the cross, boy, he never said a mumbling word, till they hung him.
never said a mumbling word. And that is the end of the broadcast. Thanks for tuning in.